0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different.
1: We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. History Makers Since the Roman Legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., The Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, Well, no, Randy,
0: we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us.
1: History Makers. Hi,
0: and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. So we're chatting with Pastor Peter Kasivaru, who is from African Renewal Ministries. And. Last year, I got to see the Mangwaza Children's Choir, which were amazing, Uh, very similar to Watoto, but a bit more traditional with their singing, and uh, they've got an incredible work. They've planted over 700 churches. Uh, They've got a university, a school, and have an amazing ministry.
1: Um, First of all, let's find out a bit of your story. Where were you born and raised, Pastor Peter? Mm -hmm. I was born in uh, in Uganda. Mm -hmm. just 40 miles outside the city of Kampala. Mm -hmm. I come from a family of 13 children, Mm -hmm. uh, one father and six mothers. Mm -hmm. That's the family I come from. Yeah, yeah. And tell us a bit about your faith journey. How did you come to Christ? When I was 19 years old, a friend of mine, share the gospel with me it came like this uh, i went to visit them it was school break and here he was with his brother very excited and i and i said what's going on and they said we've just accepted the lord jesus christ it so happens that his brother uh had just had an accident a few weeks before and through miraculous healing god actually healed this young man and he said if jesus can heal my body he can actually save me so they were so excited about their faith and i said i need what you have that was way back in 1981 Mm -hmm. yes sir and tell us a bit about how your life changed after you came to faith it's very interesting because first and foremost uh the my love for god just became real I started loving Jesus. And then my friends started taking me to church. And then they introduced me to the depth of the word of God. I fell in love with God's word. And as I continued, I started seeing God changing my life. My character started changing. But not only that, I started getting this burden of sharing my faith with fellow believers. Actually, six months into that journey, I felt God is calling me into ministry ministry. My original dream was to become a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that God is calling me for a better kind of medical doctor, mm-hmm. spiritual doctor. Mm. And tell us how you got into ministry. Uh, after high school, I, I, I started serving. The, my pastor actually introduced me to an evangelist in the church who was traveling the country. He said, This man is going to help you to know God. So I served this man of God. We traveled around the country, introduced me to prayer. I learned how to pray, how to share my faith. And as I was following with this man, God provided the opportunity for me to go to Bible college. I went to Bible college in Kenya. Mm -hmm. It's a school called East Africa School of Theology. It's an Assemblies of God school. And that's where I got prepared. So I was there for four years. Uh, It was a great journey for me. So I was shaped by that man that God used, but also by the training that I experienced after that. Yes, sir. Yeah. And when
0: you got into ministry, uh, tell us a bit about, your passion for church planning because I know that you've been pastoring a church for many years but you've now planted over 700 churches (laughs) tell us a bit about because I really believe we in Australia need to get the vision for church planning tell
1: us a bit about your passion for that you know it's it's quite interesting because I came back from Bible school and uh, the Lord through very interesting circumstances I ended up in this community it's called Gaba. Uh, I hear you have a place called Gabba here. Yeah, (laughs) Woolloongabba. So we have one like that. This is on the shores of Lake Victoria, Uh a place which had lots of witchcraft, lots of spiritual warfare. So I end up there starting with 13 people. And my dream when God led me to this community was that I'm going to plant a very strong big church and I'll probably help other people, assist them as they do what they do in ministry. Little did I know that God is calling me to teach me how to plant, that I'll help other church planters. It so happened that we had a young man. His name was Joseph. Joseph accepted Jesus, came to our church, was part of our fellowship. He loved Jesus. So Joseph ends up going back to his home village, which is about 180 miles away. Uh, he, you know, he was lost for some time. So he comes back and I said, Joseph, what's going on? He says, I am a pastor. I say, how did you become a pastor? It so happens that where Joseph went, there was no church, and he felt that God was calling him to, you know, to connect with the people. So by the time he comes back to us, he has 20 people. Oh, we get very excited. So the man in our church contributed some money, bought him a bicycle went back home, came back after, I think, about a year. He said, I have church number two. I said, what happened? He said, you know what? I got a bicycle, so I started riding and, com- you know, preaching in my community, the next village, and then there's church number two. Mm-hmm. So we started realizing that God is calling us to raise men and send them out. So my calling actually is like gems. You know the 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 James the the brother to Jesus, mm-hmm. raising men, equipping them, and sending them out, raising them, equipping them since then mm-hmm. we came up with uh, a strategy, mm-hmm. and our strategy is you reach the town, help build a very strong church, and that church will plant churches. Mm-hmm. so what we have is our church has planted city churches and city churches are planted village churches so we have churches that are planted churches that are planted churches Mm. so it what i've found is that our people have realized that church planting is part of your life Mm. so if you're there god has called you and you're passionate you don't have to have you know, five pastors in the church when there's a village we doesn't have any. Mm. So we're always encouraging people. We are sharing testimonies about the church that was planted. The guys who have gone to plant, they come back and share testimonies. And so all these people are always on edge. They say, when, When am I going? When am I going? And when the time to go comes, we always stand up in the church and we celebrate the people who are going. And we say, is there anyone who wants to go and join Brother So-and-so who is going They're Say yes, I want to join. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they go with 10 people, sometimes they go with five people, sometimes they go with 20 people. Mm-hmm. And so, this group actually helps the church to take off very quickly. So, that's how we, we plant, and it's been a very beautiful journey, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: now I've always loved whenever I met an African preacher, yes, sir. I always think these guys have got a fire in their belly, they've got a zeal. Mm-hmm. And us Aussie pastors, I think we need to learn from you African pastors. Uh, and I know a big part of that is prayer. Sometimes yeah. you guys will have like all night prayer meetings. Yeah. And yeah. Tell us a bit about the culture of
1: prayer in your churches. Uh, you know, coming to the Western world is very interesting. Uh, yes, you pray for our daily bread, you do. But when we say we are praying for our daily bread, we really mean it. Because when God first sent me to this community to plant, the church where I grew up just prayed over me and said, Peter, God bless you. <laughs> they don't send me with a single dollar. Wow. Neither did they send me with anything. So I had to find a way of surviving. Mm. So I wake up and pray and say, God, will you provide for my daily bread? Mm. So the needs and the challenges we go through, they actually are, I would say, Problems are very good in helping you to learn how to pray. So for us, when we pray for for food, we mean it. But not only that, we have lots of issues. When we first went out to our community, we had lots of, uh, I would say, spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. There was witchcraft in our community. We planted, and it was so hard for the church to grow. It was so difficult. So people would say yes to Jesus. But they end up not coming. And I said, God, what is going on here? And as we started uh, looking, we realized that there was witchcraft. I never realized it. But I started recognizing there are shrines and shrines and shrines. There are witch doctors everywhere. I said, okay. So people abound. So we started praying. And then I remembered that my pastor where I grew up, he used to pray. He would have an all-night prayer. Meeting alone, every Thursday. So he would go to a a prayer room at church from 10 up to morning. I said, okay, if my pastor prayed, I need to pray. So I started going, my little shelter, and we started praying. And then two older ladies joined me, another brother joined me, and we go through the night praying. Mm -hmm. And then we said, let's have a prayer on Friday, because Friday, people have, you know, Saturday they don't work. So when we called the prayer, we started with about twenty people who came. Mm-hmm. At that time, we started growing a little bit. Then a few more added were added on to us. It's now been twenty-eight years. Wow. Yeah. Even last Friday, people spent the whole night mm-hmm. on in prayer. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you this: prayer has power. Wow. Why? Because God is behind. Prayer. Mm-hmm. So, for the church here in this amazing great country, there is things seem to be okay, but they're not okay. Mm-hmm. I have seen many people who seem to be addicted. Mm-hmm. I've seen people who seem to be, uh, you know, you may call it, you know, mental sickness, but some of them is demonic Mm. challenges. Some of them are going through depression, and some of this depression is really spiritual warfare. So if the church would go back on their knees we will bring deliverance and healing to many people. And then we'll break the the principalities and the forces that are in the realm that is causing people to resist the gospel of the kingdom. Yes, sir.
0: Now, I remember hearing you speak and you shared a bit about how because of the English missionaries that came out 130 years ago, uh, you are able now to speak English and to write, you know. Tell us a bit bit about the impact uh, that that's had on your nation.
1: Yes, when the missionaries first came to my country, actually and the way it was, was this. The British sent some explorers. People wanted to discover the source of the Nile. The first person that Came, of course, never arrived. It was David, Dr. David Livingstone. He was also a missionary, but then the others who came were actually explorers. Mm-hmm. They came, they found the Nile, they found Lake Victoria. But soon after that, the same I think they are called CMS, Christian something missionaries, they came mm-hmm. to Uganda. And when they came, they found that my people were animists, they were worshiping idols. My people did not know how to read and to write. My people had never even put on clothing like mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. So what they did, they, they made sure they learned the language, the local language, and they put our language to writing. Mm-hmm. Then they had to teach people how to read and write. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, they had to establish schools. Up to today, the best schools in the country were schools began by the Anglican missionaries. So, the missionaries are the ones who brought education. It wasn't the British government. It's the missionaries. They did not only do that only, they also started hospitals. So, the best hospitals in my country are mission hospitals started by the Christians. So, for me, when I think about the gospel, I see a holistic approach that God used to bring light and civilization to the nations of Africa. Mm-hmm. They brought education, they brought health, they, they brought civility, you know. They, they came and told us, why it is important for a man to marry one wife. Yeah. They told us that. They came and, and, and you know, people, our people were dying of alcoholism. They told us, you know, how to be, you know, how to be balanced in life. They, there are so many things that they told us. So to me, the gospel brought light yeah. to Africa. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Well, it's a great testimony of how God's transformed your life and now you're passing it on and reaching many others, planting 700 churches. You run the Christian University, the Christian School. Yes, and uh, there's a number of kids in the choir that I've got to see perform over the years. Uh, let's hope you can bring them back to Australia sometime because I know they're beautiful kids. And uh, you've really got a heart to share the gospel around the world through your, your choir and, and all that you do. Uh, if people want to find out more, what's the best website for them to go to to find out more about your ministry?
1: Uh, the best website is Africa or mm-hmm. org, WW Africa or Gaba Community And Gaba is G A B A Community And you love having Aussies come and visit? Oh, definitely. You know, Pastor, I've already invited you. And yeah. uh, Next year, we have a huge conference. It's going to bring together uh, leaders from about 20 countries. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love for you to come. Mm-hmm. But, Pastor, don't come alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you need to come with your fellow pastors. Yeah. You know, uh, let me say this about this. Coming to Africa has something it does to you mm. the first thing that it does to you, people are very receptive to the gospel mm. and you know in the western world yes people receive, receptive but people are a little bit harder mm. so when you come You'll be amazed at the same message you preach here. Mm. When you preach that same message, there'll be more people responding Mm. to the gospel. When you talk about healing, you're going to see real miracles happening. So I always encourage my fellow brothers and sisters from other countries, come and see, but also come and experience, but also come and labor with us, even if for a very short time your investment Mm. in the gospel will not only bless the Africans Mm. but it will also bless you Mm. so you come back more excited Mm. because sometimes we labor in very difficult Mm. environments people Mm. are resisting the gospel but when you see fruit you come back and your faith is encouraged so please welcome and let my (laughs) brothers and sisters come to
0: Uganda well Pastor Peter Kasiviru, it's been great to hear your story I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you, sir. God bless you. What an amazing country you have. Thank you. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen
0: online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There, You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater, and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League.